lights. It's seven Friday night. Welcome to our second to last seven Friday night Thursday pick'em show of the season. It's crunch time for everybody now, including us. I'm Chase Bryson, managing editor of Sports Stars. I'm once again joined by co-host Ben Enos and coach Terry Edson will be joining us shortly as well. As a pod, we went 12 and 1 in our picks for last week's section championship games, and that's not bad. And it's also unlikely to be repeatable this week. Ben still owns a two-game advantage over me, a topic that I have no doubt will be revisited in no time. Also, if you listen to our Tuesday episode, you're certainly aware of Ben's animosity for my 49ers excursion Sunday that left him preparing notes for this very episode. Therefore, Ben, I cautiously say hello. Yes, hello, football enthusiasts. I know uh, that by now, everyone remembers vividly (laughs) that Chase tried to change the rules last week. I managed to fight that attempted coup off, but I did lose a game in the standings due to a bad shipment of hay, or maybe just a loose bale, or maybe it may have been a bad case of hay fever. I don't know. Is that enough ways to say I rolled with the Hollister hay balers and ended up alone in a field with no success? I don't know. We're almost there. We're almost at the end. And yes, throughout this episode, I will remind people that Chase foisted more work on me, but for now, let's get on to the madness. (laughs) So yes, we tweaked the format last week so that we wouldn't double up on any games. And yes, did work in my favor, but not as much as you feared. But meanwhile, Coach Edson just keeps blowing us away. He finally got the 3-0 week that he's been predicting since September. His red-hot month and a half now has him three games over the 500 mark which is quite impressive since he began the season three and nine. So we expect no shortage of bravado now as we bring him in for his three picks, along with your weekly dose of dumb football. Let's listen in. We welcome Coach Terry Edson into today's show by noting that when I made a wisecrack last week that Coach Edson really didn't have to put much thought into who he was going to pick, that was actually true as he rolled to a 3-0 and week and now finds himself on a certified heater Terry, you're such a you're such a Spartan. You're playing your best ball at the end of the year. That's where it counts, Ben. Right on, bro. Yeah. I wish I could do this in my college football pools and my NFL pools as well, but yeah, that's a whole other story. Yeah, it's an inspired effort, man. It's like almost seven seven weeks now of of winning football. Well done. Here we go. Get Here we go. Let's groove. get rolling. They only get tougher, right? All right. No, I'm going to go 3-0 and again. Let's go. <laughs> Lock it up. <laughs> we, be- we begin with an all-North Coast section, Division 2A NorCal final on Saturday night, where you may face conflict when it comes to your many rules of picking. We have undefeated Marin Catholic traveling to a red-hot Ceremon Valley. You rode the Wolves to a victory last week. But one of your rules is never bet against an undefeated team. That's correct, especially but- one that's an underdog. Go on. <laughs> You also have stated in the past that you'd always go with the best trigger in a playoff game, and Luke Baker is that guy for SRV. Philosophies collide. So what are we doing here? Oh, this <laughs> is going to be a good game. I, I love it. But I don't think there's anything better for a coach 
this is like the dream sequence if you're Marine Catholic, because they're going like, we're undefeated. We get no respect. No one respects us. They make us go to Saramona. I think um, it's going to be uh, Marine Catholic's going to be just feasting <laughs> off the disrespect in their program that they're, you know, a lower seed to Saramona. Got to go to San Ramon and play. We're undefeated. We've been a great team forever, and look how they're treating us. And um, I'm going with the Catholics on this one because of that. <laughs> I think they just got that rallying cry. It's going to work. And Marin Catholics is a good football team. I think they're a little bit more physical than Campo. I think that's what's going to uh, help them in this game. Although so SRV, yeah, more physical than no SRV. than Campo because Campo had to play SRV. Oh, uh, I got you. Yeah, so. Um, Luke Baker's an issue, no doubt about it, but um, undefeated's undefeated at this point of the year, and um, I got to go with uh, Marine Catholic on this one just because of their history, and I, I just know they're going to be using this to the teeth on this one. It's going to be hilarious. Right. There's a definite hierarchy when it comes to Coach Edson's axioms for picking. Last <laughs> week he went against an undefeated team, which he said he doesn't like to do, and the EBAL superseded that this week. A Catholic team supersedes the EBAL team. <laughs> so you're starting to see the, the hierarchy here. Well, this is a Catholic school that's been good for how long? Many, many years. Many years, yes. I mean, we played them in the Coliseum back in, God, what was that, 85? Yeah, so uh, they've been good for a long time. And this is like the ultimate in disrespect. We're undefeated, and they're making us go. And they're oh, I I I I can write, I write the whole script right now. It's beautiful. <laughs> well, uh, let's talk next about a couple of teams. Maybe you might not know quite as much about. It's the Division Three AA NorCal final taking place in the five one zero area code as Grant of Sacramento comes to the Bay Area to take on those mighty Gauchos of El Cerrito. This is a game for athletes, and there'll be plenty on the field Friday night. Oh, Grant, yeah. Grant beat Christian Brothers 20-12 to 12 to win an SJS title, while El Cerrito had to hang on for dear life late but got the job done in an NCS Division Three title win over Windsor. Now, tread carefully here. One of us has some history with one of these schools. <laughs> Pacers or Gauchos, who you got? Well, first of all, I'm glad to see Grant's back in, in the playoff system. They've been out for a while, so I think it's great to see him back and doing that. But I'm going back to my old axiom. Can't go against an undefeated team. Whoa, right. <laughs> okay. Uh, an undefeated team at home, El Cerrito. I, I, I think it's great. This is a good stepping stone for Grant. Um, I think it'll carry, you know, something to, to build on. But El Cerrito is another school that's had a long history and a winning tradition. And I know they're coming in this game expecting to win this game. And um, it's going to be a great, another another really good game and a great matchup. But I, I think this is El Cerrito's uh, year this year. So I'm sticking with El Cerrito on this one. All my peoples are very happy to hear that. <laughs> Because I'm be doing well recently, so that's why you want to live. That's right. Going to be rocking on Ashbury Avenue Friday night. Oh, yeah. Been there. Played there. All right. So we will wrap up your picks with another pair of teams that have served you well during the seven-week surge you're on. Van and Fairfield will match up against Bellarmine San Jose at San Jose City College on Saturday night in the 3A NorCal playoff. 
Neither one of these teams is particularly explosive, but they continue to scrap out wins. Vanden has been particularly impressive defensively, which I'm sure you'll point out, not having surrendered more than six points to any team since October 21st. Bellarmine has won four straight as it continues to show the strength of the WCAL. Who are you backing? Bells or Vikings? Well, and that, you know, here's the bottom line. I, I've said it before, and you just mentioned it. Who played in the CCS final? Bellarmine. That would be Bellarmine. No, in the CCS final. Who in the CCS. played in the open division. Who oh, played? Sarah. Sarah and? <laughs> and Mitty. And what league are they from? <laughs> WCAL. And who got to the semifinals? St. Francis, what league are they in? <laughs> What's I'm that sensing like? a theme here. <laughs> man, oh man! I and I and I look at I, I appreciate uh, Vanden, and they're they're always you know they're um, they're always right there. But I mean, you just look at Bellarmine's had to go against week in week out. Yeah, I mean, we're looking at. Uh, when you look at Vanden, okay, I'm just going to, you know, I'm not, and I'm not trying to be, you know, mean here or anything like that, but we just got to look at the facts. What would Foothill do in uh, the WCAL? Foothill Wellington? Yeah. I mean, would, they, maybe they one have, win. Right. Rancho right. Katati. One, two yeah. wins, maybe. Okay. Well, and that's the kind of league Bellarmine plays in. So right. I just think, you know, you look at a record, other, you know, the Bellarmine's like, what's the record? I don't know, seven not, and six now. Yeah, seven yeah. and six, right. And and you're looking at that, you know, those one of those things like, well, how can a team be any you know, good, you know? But when you're playing that kind of competition, they've just gotten themselves. This is exactly what playing that league does, playing in a decent preseason. This is what you want to do because at the end of the day, no one's going to ask you, you know, what, you know, the record, no, if you're state champions or you get to state, that's all that really matters. And I think Bellarmine has done a great job preparing themselves. They played the toughest schedule possible in a, in a super tough league. So I, I got to run with the bells here. Yeah. You just got to point to Sacred Heart Cathedral last year. Their final record was eight and seven and they won a state. Oh, ball. Yeah. Yeah, you know, exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not the seven losses. It's who they're against. Right. Right. I mean, and you got you just got to look at that, you know, and um, I think Bellarmine has just gotten themselves ready. Look at they've been on a little bit of a roll now, and they know they're in a comp- they're in an area where they're confident and they know they can win these games, and that makes a big difference as well. All right. We will wrap it up with the growing sensation of dumb football. Coach, we know you uh, got to take in more football this week since you weren't traveling. What? team coach or player offended your football sensibilities this week i want to keep this under a half hour so uh, <laughs> it's probably good let, let's start with this why the role of a coach is to put his team in the best position to win the role of a coach is not to show how smart he is <laughs> or trying to be clever you know three weeks ago whatever it was that it was the game in germany you know, I see Leonard Fournette throwing a pass to Tom Brady. It's like, yeah, let's take the best quarterback of all time and let's put him at wideout and let's try to get a running back that doesn't play quarterback and try to throw a guy that runs slower than me down the field. Throw him. I mean, it's like these kinds of things 
I don't understand why coaches do it. And we start in uh, the North Carolina, North Carolina State game. All right, they got it. They have their second string quarterback. Got it. And uh, they on their, one of their first touchdown drives, they put a little wildcat in there, and he scores on a five-yard run. So good. Okay, it was first down though. They gave him a shot and he scores. Now they're in um, first in the first half. Now it's third and two. Quarterback's on a heater. He's nine for nine. He's doing great. So I got an idea. Let's put the Wildcat back in there, even though we're rolling down the field with the guy that's in the game. Of course, now everyone knows, like, okay, they're going to run it for sure and because he's already done it once. And what does he do? Fumbles the ball away. <laughs> and I'm like, whoa, why? Why do we have to be – just put the guy in that's your quarterback and let him play for God's sakes. And he's nine for nine. He's ripping it up and down the field. And here we go. Okay. That drives me nuts. Why coaches try to be clever. Just your quarterback's your quarterback. Okay. Ben, if you have a quarterback and he's good, let him play quarterback. Okay. You don't need to put a running back in there to do that. It drives me nuts. Okay. The other one that killed me was yesterday. So even I know this, I'm just an old high, just an old high school coach. There's three guys in the NFL, Cade York. I don't know, McPherson, I forget his first Evan. name. Evan McPherson, mm-hmm. Justin Tucker. There are three guys in the NFL right now that can kick a ball 65 yards. Okay. We all, and I know that and everyone in the NFL should know that. So why on earth, you're the Jaguars. You just score. They've got 14 seconds left. I think they have one timeout. The one thing you know is you don't want to give Justin Tucker a chance. So I got an idea. <laughs> Not kick it up in the air so your guys can, you know, up high. Because these are NFL kickers, and Ben and Chase. So they should be able to do multiple things because – that's all they're paid to do is kick a ball. They can kick it high. They can kick it in the end zone. They, if they need to kick it on the ground, if there's three seconds left, but no, they still have time. So what does they do? They kick a, a line drive basically right to the up back who nobody from Jacksonville shows up for 10 yards on the kick return because he kicked it so hard. And now they're at the 40 yard line. Now all we need is a 12-yard pass, and we're in business. And sure enough, they get the pass, and and Justin goes out there and just misses the 67-yarder. What are we doing? Kick the ball in the end zone, make him throw it down the field, or at least kick it up in the air so your guys can cover. The one thing you don't do is kick a two-hopper on the ground right to a dude that can return it to the 40-yard line. It's beyond me. I I just don't get that. What is the strategy here? There is none. It could, yeah. <laughs> as soon as he did it, I'm going, what are they doing? Oh, and no, I didn't have any money on Baltimore, Jacksonville. I'm just watching the game, just as a, so we're all in a, in a pool. Nothing. I had nothing to do with the game. I'm just watching it, going, "What on earth is going on?" Okay, that was enough for today. I think. Okay, all right, coach. Boys. All right. Good luck. Uh, good luck on uh, Friday night. We'll we'll uh, we'll talk to you next week. All right. See you later. All right. Bye. Bye. Right. All right. Here's your seven Friday night PSA for the week, coaches. 
please look after the well-being of Coach Edson this week. Use your special teams in your title games. <laughs> Flip the field. Take the points. I'm sure every time you do, Coach Edson will hear tiny bells chime. But now, <laughs> Ben, the bell tolls for us. Well, I know you were not ecstatic about last week's format of drafting which games we picked since it allowed me more avenues to cut into your lead. I think even you did like the idea of being able to talk up more teams, right? Me liking the idea of talking more? No way. (laughs) Well, this week, because you have the lead, and to minimize my advantage slightly, we're going to draft each other's picks. It's sort of a glorified version of the challenge round. We will each select five games for each other, from the 10 games in divisions one through five, no locks this week. And since that's a 10 game board and every game will get picked, I won't make you read it. So whoever drafts the game will read out the division and the teams involved and you get to lead off who we have me pick to open things up. All right. So we have 10 games to choose from five on Saturday, five on Friday. Uh, remember when you're picking Saturday games, weather will be an issue. So, you know, throw that in the uh, in the old memory banks once we get started. But I will actually not start you on Saturday. I will start you on Friday, and I will start you in the 510 area code because there's a high probability I am going to this game, and I don't want any part of it. So this is self-preservation. Your first game to choose is the Division Three AA NorCal game between the Grant Pacers and the Gauchos of El Cerrito. Oh, yeah. This is probably the game I was most prepared for, knowing that uh, you didn't want to fight any allegiances being a former Gaucho. So, uh, Coach Hudson, we just heard him go with El Cerrito, and maybe I should consider that, just seeing just how hot he is of late. Initially, when I first saw this matchup, Eileen Grant, but as I looked more at the numbers, I think the Gauchos have a real shot in this one. Grant's offensive strength has been its pass game behind quarterback Joseph McCray. He had 42 TDs through his first 11 games. El Cerrito's defense is one of the best in the Bay Area. They haven't surrendered more than 13 points in any game until last week when Windsor's late push got them to 27. And the stars of that El Cerrito defense are in the secondary, seniors like Warren Smith and Jermaine Hargraves. All right. Now, running back Tony McAdoo is a star of the Gauchos' offense. You wrote about him this week. And Grant's defense is not great against the run. Finally, experience matters. El Cerrito has been in more playoff scenarios than Grant has in previous years, and they're at home. And so I think Coach Edson is right. I think I'm going to take the Gauchos, actually. Celebration on Ashbury (laughs) Avenue. Okay. Well, all right. I'll allow it. I this is a true coin flip for me. So not just the fact that I will be at the game probably, but I didn't like from a competitive standpoint. I don't know how you split these teams because it's strength on strength. It's athletes on athletes. Um, Whoever makes the last big play wins this one. And last week, El Cerrito made the last big play. So you could be onto something there. I don't know. I think, yeah, I just, I think you look at everything. There's really no reason to think that El Cerrito doesn't have a legitimate chance to win this game. So, yeah. Uh, all right, so I get to pick, if we're doing this next style, I get to pick two for you. So we're going to start with, uh, I'm going to flip it right back to you so that I don't have to pick the game I will be at on Friday. Mm-hmm. And uh, you could just get this rolling. You had plenty um, plenty of feedback from Coach Doherty and from Coach Edson on uh, Tuesday's pod. If you haven't listened to that, you, sh- uh, you should go do it. 
obviously I know you've listened to that, but I'm talking to our listeners. Uh, so we got the Division One Double A uh, NorCal Regional Playoff between number three ranked De La Salle Concord at number two ranked Folsom. Uh, then one Double A game brought to you today by Duracell. <laughs> uh, and let's see, there'll be a one Double A bowl game next week, so I can come up with another yes battery. Are there other batteries than Energizer and Duracell? I don't even know. Uh, I'm sure there are. Okay. Football. Um, well, obviously, I knew this game was coming. De La Salle, uh, on the flip side of last year, right? You detailed it in talking to Coach Doherty. Last year, it was De La Salle that won the regular season game. And then Folsom came back and won the playoff game. You know, I mentioned on Tuesday's show that the guys that stepped up last week against Oak Ridge, the Greco Carrillos, the Slade Wilsons, the Mason Norbergs are the guys that stepped up against De La Salle the first time. I was there to see it firsthand. Uh, I think De La Salle is coming into this game probably better prepared than they have all year. And I think I'm going to go with what Coach Edson said. It is Markedly different to scheme for a defense that includes Chase Tofiono than it is to not have him. And Folsom's offense didn't exactly set the world on fire the first time these two teams played. So give me the road team this week. I'm going to take the Spartans to flip the script um, with no level of confidence, but you would never have a level of confidence in a game between De La Salle and Folsom, would you? No, no, you wouldn't. Yeah. And uh, since you mentioned Chase Tofiano, I was there last October when De La Salle went to Folsom, and he had a phenomenal game, probably the best game he had all of that season. Uh, he blocked a kick. He, had, I think, he sacked Tyler Tremaine twice. He was the reason Tyler, Tyler Tremaine got hurt in that game. Right. Didn't finish the didn't finish the uh, second half um, because Tofiano beat him up quite a bit. So. Uh, yeah, the I think the Folsom offensive line is is where their salvation is. If they can if they can stop the pressure uh, that Tofiano and and the rest of the De La Salle defensive line brings, they they're gonna have a shot. But if they can't, it could be a long night. I just think I, I don't. Over the years, I've not seen a team any better than De La Salle at simplifying when it gets to the playoffs. Too, you know, and earlier in the year. Both quarterbacks played in that game against Folsom. Uh, there was maybe one or two really effective drives from that offense uh, early in the second half, but now I think they know what they are. Yeah, I think Dale South's trending in the right direction. Not to say Folsom's not. I mean, nobody would think that this is going to be a blowout. Come on. So uh, this will be another good chapter in the epic tale, like I said Tuesday, for sure. Absolutely. All right. So I'm not going to make you pick two versus three and five versus four. I'll, I will. I will take the bullet for five versus four if you want to give it to me later. Let's go division two, single A, number seven Marin Catholic, Kenfield at number twelve Saruman Valley of Danville. Who you got? I had a feeling this would show up on my list as well. Um. This is a really, really good game between two teams. It, it's interesting because the the feedback um, from local media, especially throughout the playoffs, 
centers a lot on Marin Catholic and where they end up in the section uh, championships. I think they were what D four for NCS, and here they are Division two A for state games. And so I think competitive equity wise, this is where they fit. Um, but it will also give you a chance to see what would have happened if Marin Catholic had been a D2 school in NCS, because then they would have been in that bracket with San Ramon Valley, Camp Alindo, and Rancho Catati. And I think that would have made a big difference in the outcome of Division Two NCS, because then San Ramon would have had a competitive matchup in the semis as well. Right. All that said, I... <laughs> I feel like we have spent an entire postseason doubting Luke Baker and the Wolves. Uh, and I know the the Edson axiom of taking undefeated teams and rolling with them, but I'm going with the home team here. Uh, I think San Ramon Valley, this is their year. They're playing really good football. Um, Luke Baker shows up and shows why he's possibly the best quarterback in Northern California this week. So give me the Wolves. Sometimes you just go with the the best quarterback and even potentially the best player on the field, and that that's going to be Luke Baker on on Saturday night. So it'll be interesting. You know, I mentioned uh, weather earlier. How will rain affect San Ramon Valley's passing game? Because we know Marin Catholic can run yeah. as much as they want. Um, so we'll see how that plays out. But I, I do go back to the Clayton Valley game that I saw San Ramon Valley play, even though they lost. Luke Baker showed that if he needs to be that running quarterback, he can. All right, let's just get this out of the way, right? Division 1A Saturday, it's Thor and the Buffaloes of Manteca traveling to Pirate Stadium. One more game at Pirate Stadium for uh, Vic Galley and one more game at Pirate Stadium for you, Pirates and Buffaloes. Great game. Who you got? Okay, so we talked about this a little bit in Tuesday's pod is this is this is such an intriguing matchup. Coach Edson's philosophies are are clashing uh, once again here. Uh, he says, you know, never pick against talent, and the talent <laughs> it's hard to pick against. It's really hard to pick against uh, what Manteca can do behind Blake Nicholson. But I've seen both of these teams. I've seen both of these teams play defense, and Pittsburgh's is far better. Uh, than Manteca's. I think Pittsburgh will come out, be a little more disciplined after being scared out of their wits, essentially, for about uh, two and a half quarters against Clayton Valley last week. And I I think they will be a little more prepared. I think they'll have a more crisp game plan. And I think they'll know that they'll be able to move the ball against Manteca. And I think think they will bend against uh, Thor but I do not think they will break. And I think Pittsburgh wins. Uh, I'm going to say just crazily, I'm going to say they win by 10. Oh, wow. Over under on touchdowns for Thor this week. <laughs> three, at least three. Yeah. I, I'd say three is a good number for sure. Okay. Right. He's going to get his, but uh, as long as, they, as long as Pittsburgh um, learns from last week, they, you know, they have the defense to do it. They certainly have the offense to do it. They just got to put it together. So yeah, same old story here, right? Yep. You get if Pittsburgh plays a clean game, disciplined game, they can beat any team. That's Dallas Al included. Right. They can beat anybody, but that's 
that's the ask at the moment. And yep. it's up to them to prove it. <laughs> All right. Give me a northern section game. I know you want to. Nope. 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 No. Not gonna All go right. there yet. Fine. Nope. Uh we're gonna go to San Jose City College. Ooh, all right. I did not uh, get a chance to talk about this much on Tuesday's show, but I actually did watch every snap of the Bellarmine St. Ignatius game last week. And so I know firsthand that Bellarmine is back to where we thought they would be. Uh, and they are right there at the end of the season playing for a NorCal championship. This is the Division 3A game, and they will welcome in number 20 ranked Vanden of Fairfield. And the Trey Dimes Magic, <laughs> two teams that we have talked about quite a bit this year. Uh, let's see if you hop on the magic carpet or if the bell does, in fact, toll for you. All right. So our good friend Hal says Bellerman wins this one by nine, 21 to 12. Uh, I think that's I think that's going to be in the right scoring range, though. This is not going to be a high-scoring game. Neither one lights up the scoreboard. They both play pretty good defense. Vanna's defense is out of its mind right now. They haven't allowed more than six in five straight games dating back to October 13th. It's going to be a low-scoring game. I do think, though, it's just hard for me to pick against the West Catholic Athletic League at this point. I just think Bellerman comes in more battle-tested. And even though I think Vanden is is definitely playing with a chip on its shoulder, I don't think they feel a lot of respect despite despite the fact that they're a defending state champion. I I just think Bellerman is going to be a bit too tough for them. In a defensive slugfest, which I agree with you, I think this is. I tend to lean towards the guy, the one singular guy that can make the big play, and I think that guy on the field on Saturday is probably Trey Dimes. So I, I agree with you that the that Bellarmine is tested. They are getting, you know, they're back seemingly to health, which was a big deal all year. They have the home crowd, which showed out last week and has been showing out for them throughout the playoffs. I don't know, man. You're going against <laughs> the magic. You're going against the magic. But I don't have to pick that game. So what do I care? You do not. Yeah. All right. Let's move to the next two games that you do have to pick. <laughs> we will start with the Division 4A championship game. Um, that would be Menlo School of Atherton mm -hmm. playing at Samarin, Novato. That's on a Saturday night. You were able to see Samarin down its stretch run last year um, and what it was able to accomplish on, on its way to what I believe was the five double eight state championship last year. So they're up a division now. Um, and uh, I don't know, this is, this is a coin flip for me too. So I'm curious to see where you, where you land on this one. Um, go, go for it. Yeah. I did a little bit of reading on this one. Menlo comes in eight and five. Um, and San Marino's 11 and two. Obviously Menlo was the uh, lone blemish on my record last week when they, uh, took the hay balers to task with a 42 to six win again, Menlo plays in a really good league. Uh, those five losses, most of them you can say were pretty good losses. Samarin comes in off a two touchdown win over Miramani. And our friend Hal thinks that the Mustangs win this one 24, 21. I think I'm rolling with the computer. I'm rolling with, what I saw last year, 
I'm rolling with the experience and I'm rolling with the home team here. Most importantly, I think, uh, Sam Marin will have a, an edge in terms of atmosphere, having seen it in person. So give me San Marin to get back to a state bowl game for the second year in a row. And, uh, yeah, maybe that's just because that's what I know best, but that's where I'm going. San Marin. I think Menlo played in a in a tougher league. The Bay Division of the Peninsula Athletic League was deeper this year than in the Marin County Athletic League. However, I do think San Marin's path to a title, a section title, was tougher than what Menlo had to face in their brackets. You've seen that Miramani team. That's a good Miramani team that they beat still, yeah. um, and they beat them by two touchdowns. And yeah, I thought maybe right. we thought that might have been closer. Um, but that was a more convincing win than I expected. So I think if you're looking at the most recent results, it's hard to not kind of like Sam Marin in that matchup. And we'll see if I get burned for the second week in a row by picking against Menlo, which is an entire it's entirely a possibility. Let's let's go with another team that you caught during last year's CIF regionals and state playoffs. Um Escalon. I know a favorite of yours. You don't um, want to, you you want so badly not to have to pick a northern section you, team. You that still you're have a northern section game. team on the board. You can still give me a northern section team. It's still there. I know. Escalon has won a straight with the last two coming over Sutter, which is an 11 win team, with Sonora, a 10 win team, which you praised in Tuesday's show. Um, I don't know, man. That's uh, Escalon looks really good down the stretch right now, don't they? Oh, okay, absolutely. So let me. Sorry, I'll set this up. This is the. Division four AA uh, regional playoff between Pleasant Valley of Chico at Escalon. Yeah. Uh, I'm surprised. I'm actually surprised that you didn't force me to give you this game. And I know that it would have pulled at your heartstrings a little bit, but I don't like this is Escalon's time of year. This is where they eat. Uh, Escalon's been to numerous bowl games, state bowl games. They know how to get this done. And we've talked about, you know, that, tr- that offensive trio of uh, Donovan Roosevelt, Riker Peters, and Owen Nash, they've been in this situation. I saw it firsthand last year, and they gave Marin Catholic everything Marin Catholic wanted on the road in San Rafael. So, um, yeah, all props to Pleasant Valley for a great northern section season, but they're traveling down into the Central Valley this week, and that's an Escalon pick for me all day. Yeah, that... That Eastern League of the Northern section was all over the place this year. At one point, I thought for sure Enterprise was going to win it, and then Foothill blasted them, and then Foothill blasted Pleasant Valley just three weeks ago, 35-7. to So I was shocked when Pleasant Valley flipped that score last week to win 10-7. So right. who knows with the North, with, with, what's going on right there, but I think you look at consistency and, and uh, recency bias, it's, it's Escalon all the way in this one. It, I think you're right. Moving right along, let's stay on Friday night and let's go to Oaktown. This is the Division Two AA uh, NorCal game between Lemore, who everybody thinks of as Northern California, and number six ranked McClymans. Now, uh, I won't take any of your thunder here, but I did note in looking at this game that Lemore's last three offensive outputs have been 64, 56, and 62. So if you want to take uh, the over on this game, <laughs> I encourage that. Right. So I expected to get this one. Uh, there's, I thought there's a high potential for that. So I did a little digging on Lemore. Uh, for those that don't know, they're the Central Sections Division II champ. 
12 and one, and they're winners of 10 straight. Uh, their only loss was a 40 to 14 defeat at the hands of Clovis West Fresno on September 9th. Clovis West went 10 and two and lost in the central section division one semifinals. Uh, so Lamore's star power resides in the senior quarterback wide receiver duo of Ty Chambers and Demel Turner. Turner has hauled in 19 of Chambers' 36 TDs. Uh, but McClemens has faced heavy passing attacks before and survived. Uh, our friend Luke Baker of San Ramon Valley uh, being probably the best one that they faced. So I think this boils down to the Lamore defense against Max run game, uh, which has JV and Thomas, uh, who were both uh, quite fond of and uh, have already reserved a spot on the all NorCal team for Correct. Um, so Lamore um, Lamore's defense hasn't been great against the run. In fact, against central Valley Christian in the section final, they gave up uh, 261 yards and three touchdowns to central Valley Christians, Bryson Donaldson. So they're susceptible to that. Um, and I think that McClyman's has the athletes that can be- minimize what chambers and, and Turner do in the passing game for Lamore. So, It'll be high scoring, but I think uh, Mac will get enough stops on defense that um, Thomas can can carry the uh, carry the load on offense and, and get them to a win. You know, the thing that scared me off of this game is for all the scorn that we heap onto the computer. You know, the computer has been pretty accurate this offseason or this uh, postseason, and and they think that Lamore wins forty four thirty four. Wow. And I don't like intuitively, I don't see that. I agree with a lot of what you said, but that gives me major pause. So uh, I don't know. I, I, I hesitated. And that's the reason that this ends up on your docket because I would want to pick McClyman's too, but that computer score has me scared. All right. Speaking of scared, uh, we have two games left on the board, correct? I think that's right. Oh, where am I going to take you for this one? Division fives. It was this will be the Division Five A NorCal game between twelve and one Clear Lake, heading to thirteen and zero Orland, Bryson Country, almost. <laughs> uh, so we talked on Tuesday a little bit about Clear Lake getting the the thriller victory over Saint Vincent of Petaluma last week. Orland won the Northern Section D three championship with a win over University Prep, a University Prep team that we talked about last year. At this time. So uh, the computer thinks that Orland gets this done by eight. What say you? Orland is 13 and 0, and they've won all but two games by double digits. They have two rushers over a thousand yards. Uh, They have Grant Foster, who's almost over 1,600 now, and Jamie Alberon, who's a little over 1,100. They've got over 4,500 yards rushing as a team through 13 games. So they don't throw it a lot. It's a smash mouth attack. Uh, I think St. Vincent is a little more balanced on offense than that. Although they, they did have North Coast section leading rusher Kai Hall. And he ran, he rushed for 222 yards and five touchdowns against Clear Lake in a losing effort. So we know that Orleans should be able to run the ball. And that's huge in a playoff game, right? Um, so I don't know much about Orleans D, but the, if the Trojans, I know the Trojans will score. Um, you can't count clear lake out of anything really um but orland's gonna be a really tough test because orland does run the ball really well and that and that just plays in championship games so i will probably to my detriment take the northern section in this one <laughs> put me down for orland that right. leaves you one game five double a 
championship yep. game. We have Rupert Christian going to Houston. Uh, and that is a Friday night affair. Houston beat the same Oristimba team that beat Rippin Christian 21-7 and went undefeated in the Southern League. Meanwhile, Rippin Christian is on an eight-game winning streak, and the scores lately have been pretty convincing. Uh, I feel sort of about this like I felt the Menlo-Hollister game last week in the absence of a whole lot of data. The Howl says Rippin Christian wins this one by five. I do think Rippin Christian has a little bit of uh, pedigree when it comes to games at the end of the year like this. I will go with maybe I'm selling my soul this week. I'm going to go with Rippin Christian. Uh, and I guess I'm aligned with the computer again, but I'm not super well informed. So there you go. I'm an uninformed voter. Escalon has two losses this year. Do you know which who who was one of those teams that beat him? Houston. Yes, that's true. Yeah. I think the Trans Valley uh, League strength wins out here, and I would I would go with Houston in this one. But... Escalon earlier in the year, not the same as Escalon now. That's I will true. point out. That's very true. So I guess that means that it's final read time. I suppose <laughs> I should think of an excuse here. Uh, what would Lionel Messi do? Lionel Messi would not do a read. <laughs> Hashtag World Cup. All right. Then here we go. And that will wrap us up on game night. Make sure to be locked on the Sports Stars Magazine Twitter page for updates and results. Follow at Sports Stars Mag. Then over the weekend, be sure to check out SportsStarsMag.com for our coverage of the games. Also, if you access these episodes from our homepage, you can scroll down to the bottom to see our updated picks records each week. We built seven Friday night using Anchor, but the show is available on several platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Google Podcasts, Breaker, Pocket Casts, and Radio Public. If you listen to shows on one of those platforms, search for 7 Friday Night, and please rate and subscribe. You could also review it. We'd love a review. Any kind of review would be awesome, and it helps drive people to the show. Our cover art features photography and designed by yours truly, and our theme music was produced and performed by Dustin Phillips. And that will do it. Another round of final thoughts from you, Ben. Nothing too deep this time. People, uh, you know, I've gotten polling data that says people are tired of my rants. Um, but I, I'm curious. Have you put any more thought into whatever trophy we should award to the winner of this fun contest? Oh, I thought I was going to, and then I didn't. You failed the people. I did. <laughs> I mean, I, I like the Sports Illustrated football phone. Yeah, but... if we could find one of those, that'd be pretty sweet. Yeah. And yeah. we'd put it in our house and our respective significant others would say, what the heck is this? Like, <laughs> get this out of my living room. Because if I won, I would display it right proudly in my living room. That'd be pretty good. Well, whatever the answer, I will attempt again to fend off another attempt at a late season comeback. I mean, what, what should I say? We have two more weeks left in the season. It's sad. It is. There's no amount of Christmas cheer that can account for the darkness and the sadness that comes with the end of football season. <laughs> cheer up, Chase. Cheer up. I am cheery just thinking about the games that we're going to get to see this week and uh, looking forward to the state football road trip that we announced in Tuesday's show. That's going to be a lot of fun um, and a lot of work. But when we get to that point, the work is fun, right? work Jeez. <laughs> what have i signed up for i'm going just to look pretty and 
hang out with uh, everybody. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. We will be back next Tuesday and we will get you all set up for uh, state bowl championship games, let you know what our plan is for our trip down south and uh, all that. And until then, make it to a game this week. There are several good options everywhere across NorCal. And uh, we'll talk to you guys next Tuesday. Chase is going to that game. Will you be picking him up to drive the river roads in the Lamborghini <laughs> tomorrow night? Like I'm envisioning you two cruising up the highway with you trying to listen to tool chase, trying to switch it to Dave Matthews band and you two just bickering the entire way. Dave Matthews, man, if I to listen to Dave Matthews and I'm going to have to bring my no dose so I don't drive off the road. That's all there is to does anybody ever play the same song 65 different ways than Dave Matthews? That's all I want to know. <laughs> I love the guy, but, you know, let's face facts. You're carving Chase's heart out. I love I this. I can tell a Dave Matthews song in three seconds. Oh, it's Dave Matthews. Same tune. Yeah. Okay. <laughs>